The football gods are always on the Bears' shoulders. We're going to take the North and never give it back. Five, Four, three, two, one. If we have any goals this season, absolutely. We're going to win a lot of games. We're going to get in the playoffs. Touchdown, Bears! The Bears are what we thought they were. Go Bears! Bears Nation. Don't lose faith, guys. I don't lose! I win! It's time for the Bears Nation podcast with your hosts, Kevin Lapka and Jake Hassan. Get ready for a lot of fun and excitement. Powered by, powered by, powered by, bet, 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 stand. Strap it in. I know you're going to dig this. It's Bears Nation, baby. To the Batmobile. Let's go. All right, welcome in. It is Bears Nation Podcast. It is Monday, December 11th, and for the first time in 10 years, Chicago Bears have won coming off their bye, and for the first time in almost two years, the Bears have a winning streak of two. Act more excited, Jake. We're riled These up. are the facts. These we, are, this is just factual information that I'm presenting um, as we embark on this journey known as Bears Nation Podcast in this episode on a victory Monday, uh, which... You know, also, we're back. Uh, I'm back. And so for the first time in a while, I can say this is a victory Monday, uh, as famously, I was not here last week and couldn't say it after the Vikings one. So, uh, yeah, we're here and it's happening. And what's happening? It's go time. It's go time. Are you in? Are you in? Come on. Run the table. Run the damn table. I don't know how I can't not be in. With the Wait. schedule being, you know, like with the schedule, I don't know how I even me being the most realist, pessimistic Bears fan out there. You have the Cardinals who are awful. You have the Falcons who Desmond Ritter can't even hit B. John Robinson on a swing route, which he would have walked in for a touchdown from what the seven yard line, something like that three yard line. And then you have the Packers, who are very vulnerable. Jordan loves playing better, but they're by no means a great team. Uh, they play tonight against the Giants uh, on Monday night. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, The Browns this upcoming week is a little bit of, I think here's my thing and we'll get into the, the Lions game in a second and we'll talk about this more on Wednesday, but here's my thing with the bears and evaluation. This upcoming game against the Browns is like the big test for me because like you can beat the Cardinals, you can beat the Falcons. They're both terrible. Mm -hmm. Going at Lambeau to close the season is always going to be a test. We'll see what that game means when we get there, if it means anything at all. But like this upcoming game against the Browns, a top defense in the NFL, a team that has somehow made it work with Joe Flacco as a quarterback. Um, so that's like a big test ring. But at, at a base level, this is what I've been asking for the entire year. Consistency and, you know, wins, back-to-back wins. And now Justin Fields continues to stack good performances. Uh, yesterday wasn't the most mind-blowing, awesome performance, but it was solid. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was consistent. He didn't turn the ball over, which is great. Um, so uh, to answer your question, I think I'm in. Yes. How, how can I not be? Because now we've come all the way back from this team stinks. You're going to have the top two picks in the draft and it's just blow everything up, fire everybody, get rid of everybody mm-hmm. to now we might be meeting at least my expectations for this team. I predicted this team in the beginning of the year to go eight and nine. I said, I'd be perfectly happy with that. I said, I could see how they could get to 10 wins. And now you look at that first Lions game and that Broncos game. And even if you end eight, nine, it's like, damn, you should have had 10 wins. Yeah. So I, I guess I'm in. And even you don't even have to run the table. You could lose this Browns game and still finish eight and nine. 
You could get and in which, at eight and nine still. It's, sure, it's, it's a possibility. Sure, right, but, you need a lot of help. Yeah. But, you know, you're right where I expected this team to be when I predicted the season. I didn't think it would go like this. Right. I didn't think it would be the – the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The variations of, like, the so dramatic doubt highs and lows. But at the end of the day, you might still be there. So if you end this year, you know, what, what would it be, five and one? I'll take that. You know, let's say you lose this Browns game. If you end the year five and one, I mean, I don't know how you're not happy with that. And this is the thing, like, you're seeing all the knocks we have on Eberflus, all the things that we said. I think he's going to stay at this point. I I don't know how they could fire him now, especially if you do win three out of these next four, uh, especially considering the job the defense has done. Mm -hmm. Offense coordinator, quarterback coach, that's all a different conversation. But I think at a base level, Eberflus is on track at least to stay as the head coach of the Chicago Bears in 2024. Mm-hmm. Now, you could go in four in disastrous fashion uh, down the stretch. I just don't see how that happens. Again, it's the Cardinals. It's the Falcons. They're both terrible. It's the Packers, winnable game. Browns, winnable game. So, and you know, at the very worst, you should go two and two and end the year seven and ten, which is still, in my book, I about what I expected for this team. So, all of that to say... That, yeah, I guess I'm in. Uh, I'll be rooting for wins the rest of the way. I, I usually make fun of Kevin Lapka for the in-the-hunt graphic. But the state of the NFC, they are legitimately in the hunt. It's not just throwing a bone or trying to drum up some kind of excitement. They're legitimately in the hunt. Kevin, you had the tweet yesterday. They're about a game. You know, I mean, the Vikings won, so what? You're two games out of the wild card. But you're uh, there's a way for you to clinch a wild card spot. In week 17, which is crazy to say. You got to win. You have to win the games. You don't have to win out. Ideally, you do. You can lose this Browns game, and you're still going to need a lot of help. But the path is there. You're legitimately in the hunt, which is a crazy thing to say. You know, you would have been a crazy thing to say three, four mm-hmm. weeks ago. Yeah, it's amazing that we're here. And I'm sure we'll talk about fields and future stuff in a little bit. But, like, we re- let, let's relish in the space that we're in right now. And the fact that like it's December and we've talked about on this show, especially earlier in the season when the bears started 0 and three and 0 and four, and you wanted to see if they could do some sort of comeback. We said, let's at least set the bar at, can we play meaningful games in December? Let's set the bar there. And you're there next week is a meaningful game. You're going to wake up on Sunday and you're going to be excited to watch the bears. I I woke up this Sunday and I was excited because I knew they had a chance to win. I predicted them win. I think you had them to win too. Um, We didn't do a show, but I don't know if you put any bets on it, but uh, my predictions on the score website, I had them winning 26, 23. Um, But I got up and I was excited and I was ready because if we want to evaluate them in the now, Let's just talk about the Bears as sure. who they are on December, December 11th. 11th. What did you say? On December 11th. On December 11th. the same thing. They're an objectively good football team. The Chicago Bears are an objectively good football team as they are on December 11th. Obviously, the record doesn't okay. reflect that. Obviously, we could talk about what that means for the future and Justin Fields and evaluate all these different little things. But from what we saw on Sunday, from what we've seen really the past, you know, really, let, let, let's let, let's place the time marker at since the Bears traded for Montez Sweat, because obviously people have seen the statistical uh, analysis and just the numbers of the Bears defense since they traded for Sweat. So let's place the marker there. Since they traded for Montez Sweat, the Bears have been an objectively good football team. They've outclassed the Lions for two straight games, and unfortunately, they just they just 
didn't win the first one, but they outclassed them for 58, 56 minutes in that game, and they outclassed them for 60 minutes in this game. And that's a team that I have said I believe is not in the class of the NFC, but a lot of people do think they are, and and, and they were 9-3 and three going into this game. Um, so right now, as I'm sitting here, the Bears are an objectively good football team, and they're starting to do the things that we expected of them when we made our yearly uh, or our, our, our year-long predictions at the beginning of the year. This is a team that had they played this way in the first five weeks or had they maybe had a little bit more help in the first five weeks on the edge could be and should be a tenants uh, a potential ten and seven team, right? Like you're really going to go back if the Bears end at eight and nine and miss the playoffs by one game, or even if they do end nine and eight and miss the playoffs, or seven and ten, you're going to go back and you're going to look at the Denver game and you're going to look at the first Lions game and you're going to say those were missed opportunities. But hey, we know that the Bears had the potential to be a playoff team this year. That is likely going to be undisputable. So. Uh, It's a realization that's significant. It's a realization that's significant, and we've been talking about it for weeks, but you look across the roster, and you're seeing, like, a relatively complete football team. Like, on both sides of the ball, at receiver, at running back, at quarterback, at offensive line, secondary, you know, front four, linebackers. It is a complete football team, and I think the difference now is they are starting, and it's maybe a little bit delayed, they're starting to learn how to win. And... That's a very, very dangerous thing for the opponents that have to face the Chicago Bears the next four weeks and for some of these teams on the playoff bubble because I think if you look at the teams, let's do this real quick because I'm getting ahead of myself and I'm getting excited. If you look at the teams above the Bears in the playoff picture, so let's just paint the picture for people listening right now. The Vikings somehow win. 3-0 Three to zero against the Raiders. I mean, it would have been beautiful if they lost, but they're seven and six with a, a fluctuating QB situation. Nick Mullins came in for Josh Dobbs. I can't imagine the Vikings are going to end in the playoffs. Like, I, I, I really Not, can't imagine I mean, the way their offense looks. Right, I don't know how you could make that argument. Right. So they're seven and six at the sixth seed, and then the Packers are six and six. Obviously, recording this on Monday, and they have yet to play the Giants on Monday night in New York. Um, and then after that, you have the Rams, who are six and seven, had a, a huge loss—not uh, a huge loss, but a huge loss for us—that they lost to the Ravens in overtime. Then the Seahawks, six and seven. The Falcons, six and seven. The Saints, six and seven. And sure, the Bears lost to the Saints, but Tyson Bajan was there, and sure. the Bears are clearly a different team now. And then you have the Bears, five and eight, right after the Saints at the twelve seed. So I'll give you those teams: Rams, Seahawks, Falcons, Saints. Do any like the Rams are still an objectively good football team, I think. Yeah. But is the path the path is there. Sure. There, none of those teams are insurmountable. And I'm not going to read the schedules for each of those four teams. But right. when I look at the five teams there between, you know, the four teams between the Bears and the seventh seed in the NFC, I think you can make a serious argument that the Bears right now are playing the best out of all of them. And that is a significant realization and it gives you hope for what can happen the next four weeks. I would still give the Rams, I think, a slight edge just because of who their coach is and like the pedigree of Matt Stafford when he's at his best or even close to his best. Defense isn't as good, but sure, sure. But it's I still just give them the slight. I mean, overall, uh, but it's slight. It's marginal at best. So I I think you're right about that. The Vikings don't scare me. Josh Jobs got benched yesterday in the fourth quarter after he played terribly against the Bears, too. So. I think that that kind of Cinderella run is at its end. The Falcons, I mean, you just got to wait for Arthur Smith to do something dumb or Desmond Ritter to just screw something up. The and Saints, you play them. Right. You have a head-to-head? And, and you play them in a couple weeks. The Saints, like, yeah, you lost that game. You probably should have won that game. You probably won that game with Fields. Um, but, like, it, 
Jameis and Taysom. Like, is Derek Carr making it to the end of this year healthy? I don't know. It's like he's, I didn't make it to this like, week healthy. Right, exactly. I mean, Monday morning injury reports, he's like Derek Carr, fully immobile. Like, you know, like can't move. Derek Carr still like hasn't left the whatever their stadium of uh, the Superdome yet because he cannot move. You know, it's just like it's ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, you're right. You still need things to break your way, but there's a path and you just got to win your games. Uh, and even if you like, I know if you win, let's say you went out or you go three and one down the stretch here. And let's say you miss the playoffs by a game like those two games, the lions and the Broncos specifically are going to loom very, very large. And I think that when you look at like, how do you evaluate then Eberflus in that scenario? Because you got out to this two and seven start and you were brutal, but yeah. then you yep, have yep, this yep, yep. stretch down the road where you may end up going six and zero or five and one down the stretch. So it's like, you kind of have to take both of those things. Mm-hmm. Does it mean more that the winning streak happened at the end? Does it mean less that the losing streak or whatever, you know, that a terrible start, is it more indicative of a lack? Like, are you afraid that that's going to happen again and the lack of preparation? So those are questions that we'll have to answer. There's still obviously four games left to play. So who knows how these can go? You obviously have a path. You are hopeful that you can run the table, that you can win out, that you can go three and one down the stretch here, five and one overall down the stretch over your last six. So those are questions that we'll have to ask later. But you're right. I mean, you you can compete with all these teams that are currently in the mix for the seven seed, especially you mentioned the Seahawks. If Geno Smith isn't going to be healthy, they're vulnerable. Their defense is vulnerable. So it's there. The, the path is there. I can't argue with that. Usually I'm on he, on the show telling Kevin Lapka that he's crazy or that there's no way or that he's being overly optimistic. I see it. Like, no, I see it. And I know I haven't been the biggest Justin Fields guy on the show, but this is what I asked for. Consistency. The stat line doesn't blow you away from yesterday. 19 for 33, one touchdown through the air, 58 yards on the ground and touchdown on the ground too. A good game. Missed some throws, objectively. Mm-hmm. But... Didn't turn the ball over, didn't have the mistake at the end to kill you, which you've gotten used to with Justin Fields. Like, that's objectively a fact. You us- you're you used to the turnover at the end. I mean, he did in the Vikings game with the fumble. Played a clean game, didn't give the ball away, played, you know, I mean, and this is what everyone's going to talk about, the offsides, the, the go route to DJ Moore, the DJ Moore second touchdown. That's growth. I mean, he'd never been able to do that before. Never been able to draw anyone off sides. Never been able to hit that free play for a touchdown where you can decline the penalty. Never happened before at Justin Fields. It's growth. So it steps in the right direction. Still have now this is where I drop back and I put a bucket of cold water on everybody. Still four games. But if he plays well, if he keeps playing, even if he plays like this, if he puts up this exact stat line over the next four Great. games, you're happy with it. You're taking Marvin Harrison Jr. number one Great. overall. I mean, if you extrapolate those stats over a 17-game season, knowing that Justin Fields' primary attribute is as, as a rusher and accepting that probably probably gets close to winning the MVP if you extrapolate those exact stats on Sunday over a 17-game season. That would be 34 total touchdowns. Uh, he'd probably obviously need more touchdowns and a couple more yards, right. but 30, he'd be around like you know 3,400 yards and 700 rushing yards. Bowler. Like He'd be a pro bowler and, 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 and be in the conversation at least this year with the way the MVP yeah, award has sure. shaken out with no clear favorite and whatnot. So you can't go wrong with it. And the thing that I've been saying, or I don't know if I've really said on this podcast, but you know we've heard people like Troy Aikman say, 
He thought, at least after the Vikings game, when he came on Parks and Spiegel on 670 score, that the Bears had already made their decision, that the five games wouldn't change anything. And I think that's completely not true because we know Justin Fields has the ability to put up large statistical performances that haven't equated to wins. The key difference, and I truly think what the Bears have been looking for, and we can argue about whether wins are a quarterback stat or not, is that's that's the only thing you haven't been able to do in the NFL. You have been able to hold on to the ball in the fourth quarter, show that you can make game-winning drives, and show that you can hang on and win football games consistently. So a week ago, he does the game-winning drive thing. It's not a great statistical game, but they did what they've been looking for, uh, or he did what they've been looking for out of him, which is going down the field in the final two minutes and getting your team in field goal position to win a game, and I know they didn't score a touchdown and all those different things, sure. And then the week after, against a better opponent, a, a second straight divisional game at home, he plays well, but he also protects the ball in the fourth quarter. He does the right things. He doesn't you know, make the two mistakes he made the last time he played this opponent with the same exact lead that they had. They had a 12-point lead in the fourth quarter, and I'm sure we were all thinking, uh-oh, it's going to happen again. Fields is going to make a mistake, and they're yeah. just going to lose to the Lions again. I was, I was, when I saw the twelve point margin, I was like, "Oh my God!" Of course, this is going to be the storyline. But holds on to the ball and a second straight win, and they control the game. So you've already seen, right? If we talk about the the last five games being an evaluation period, you've already seen two things in the two of these last five games that he hasn't really shown in his first two years in the NFL. So that is significant. And I think it's still evolving, right? It's still if he can show consistently now, if, they, if we talk about winning out, we talk about getting to eight and nine, and show consistently that he can win game over game over game, you're going to just be at a point where you you just can't move on. You just can't. It, 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 it's it would be unjustifiable. I think it's unjustifiable at this point. But there's still the potential for things to go south the next four games. There's still the potential for regression to occur or whatnot. I don't think that's going to happen, but you can't deny that it's a possibility. Obviously, everything's a possibility. But at this point, if you had to make the decision today, it's unjustifiable. But there's four more games. It's still evolving. But you're seeing the things that you haven't seen from him and the things that we've been asking and imploring him to do in these games against good opponents. So it's uh, it, it's it's significant growth for Justin Fields. And even on the flip side, I mean, too, I mean, let's talk about the defense for a second. The growth there from yeah. guys who, I mean, Gervon Dexter Sr., a, another sack First yesterday, sack, yeah. continues to grow and look like that he could be a staple on the defensive line, too. Jalen Johnson, the revenge tour of, not even revenge tour, the pay me tour of, I need a contract and I'm going to make you guys pay a lot of money to keep me around here. Uh, that continues to be a storyline Jaquan Brisker unbelievable what what's up uh Jalen Johnson we five weeks ago after the deadline we mm-hmm. said it was a lock he'd get a, a franchise tag it, it has he in the past couple of weeks made it more likely for him to get an extension now instead of the tag or is the tag still the most likely option it's sure more convenient for the Bears but he's he's kind of played his way I, into uh, deserving that I think he deserved a contract anyway right I I hesitate to say that he's more deserving now. I mean, his play over the last couple of weeks has definitely been like, holy crap, we need to give this guy an extension because he needs to be a part of our team. Mm-hmm. I think that for sure has happened. I don't think he's any more deserving than he was. I think it's just more in your face of the value he brings to your team now because he's making more plays around the ball now as opposed to just being like that kind of that silent 
lockdown guy where he's taking and to be fair, Sam Laporta and Amara St. Brown too did not have good games. They combined for what four catches or something like that. Yeah, I think um, it was not yeah. a lot uh, of production from the two of them. Yeah, four catches uh, or five catches, excuse me, and forty-four yards between the two of them, Laporta and Amara St. Brown. So like. Usually that's the Jalen Johnson factor. Like you just don't see it, but like he's around the ball. He's making plays on the ball now. So I hesitate to say that he's more deserving, but I think he's demonstrating his value more explicitly to the team and and making it more prevalent that, yeah, like he needs a contract. I still think that the franchise tag is probably the most likely Mm -hmm. course of action. Just knowing how the bears operate. But I like, if they give him an extension today, like I'm not mad about it. I think that'd be great. (laughs) I mean, That'd like, be awesome. like, what have, like, what have we talked about? You need premier players. You need at premier positions. You need pro bowl type players. And Jalen Johnson arguably is an all, all, uh, an all NFL, all pro type player at that position. And I think the bears are going to play themselves out of a top 10 pick with their own pick. Agreed. I think that's, that's probably likely if, if it goes how, you know, the best way possible. Right. But you'll still probably have top. Or in top twelve picks, sure. like you'll top you'll be half. in the range to get a good player. Regard, I mean, any, any player in the top half of their first round is a good player. Any player in the first round is, is like the you know potential to be a great player, but uh, top half of the first round is even better. But you're now when you talk about contract extensions and allocating resources and money, where are the holes that you need to spend on in free agency on this team? When you go down the roster. You you can't name many. I mean, you you probably would like to get a big ticket wide receiver, but if you're in a position to get Marvin Harrison Jr., mm-hmm. then you don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about getting a T. Higgins or, or whoever. Probably still would like a better right guard than Nate Davis. Maybe I mean he he's Possibly. been fine. Obviously, center is going to be the big thing that they're going to address. But I'm just I'm just saying the whole like you don't have to approach the offseason now as well. We can't pay. Jalen Johnson, the contract extension, because look at all these holes we have to fill. You now know that, hey, we can afford to give him the contract extension because we do have draft capital and maybe we do trade down. If we do, I mean, 95% chance they're going to get the first overall pick. Let's just assume that's the case. If we do trade down from number one to number three, because I still would, I don't want them to trade out of Marvin Harrison Jr. territory. If they trade down to three, you're still getting picks this year. You're, you're, you're still getting well, significant sure. picks this year. So you can accumulate more draft capital and get to a point where you can afford Jalen Johnson and sure up some of those holes with younger talent through the draft and be okay financially. So it's just, I mean, and, and can, can you just imagine? I mean, I, I we thought we were in a great position last year because the Bears had the number one overall pick. But they also had a really, we thought they had potential to be good this year. Sure. They had a good young quarterback. They had pieces and all this. And we thought this is a an unbelievable scenario that we have the normal pick and you don't have to take quarterback. Can you imagine if they were to get into the playoffs? Has a team ever made the playoffs and had the number one overall pick at the same time? There's no way. There's absolutely there no way. way. You With think the way so? trades happen and stuff, there's probably a way. I don't know. I, I, I don't, don't know, know off the top of my head. I don't know. It's probably not likely, but I could. If somebody told me that it had happened before, I wouldn't be totally surprised. Yeah, I mean, you. I'd could, be a little surprised, but I wouldn't be totally surprised. Also, to your point of like, all right, if you're in that 14, 15 range, like right now at Tankathon, their mock draft has the first corner Kool Aid McKinstry going off the board at fourteen. Kool Aid McKinstry at fourteen. Like as of right, like. Right now, it's He's quarterback, quarterback, wide receiver, tackle, tackle, tight end, yeah. wide receiver, quarterback, tackle, defensive line, edge, edge, Jeez. edge. Which also somebody in the chat put, made a comment too. Like I wouldn't mind another edge to pair with Montez Jared verse too, like a Jared verse like that. I think that would be great, um, just because 
you know, you don't like you need somebody. You don't have like I mean Montez Sweat is what, twenty eight, something like that? Like he's not super old, but you still need he's somebody younger. like you would like like if you took and this is gonna be like my Illinois bias or but if you took Johnny Newton too at like fourteen or fifteen, that dude's unbelievable. He's sick. And maybe Gervon Dexter is good. Jerzon Newton? Yeah, but he goes by John. Okay. So like Defensive he, he might be really, really good at the point of attack too, especially if you keep Matt Eberflus knowing what the defensive tackle position means to Matt Eberflus scheme. That could be something. So yes, to your point, you will have options. Even if the Patriots want to move up for let, like let's say it shakes out as Bears Bears one, Patriots two, Cardinals three, like and Washington four, Giants five. Like, are the Giants really going to run it back with Tommy DeVito next year? And Daniel? like, you think the Giants might not want to move up to number one? You think the Patriots might want might not want to make sure they get their guy at number one? So, I think that's an option. I think that there's for sure and a scenario. Again, I wouldn't be mad if you take Marvin Harrison Jr. number one overall and just get your guy, get in, get out, and be done with it. Now, if the Cardinals or Patriots offer you a boatload for the number one overall pick, you obviously take it. But if you go up there and you just say, Marvin Harrison Jr. Come on down. Okay, great. We're done. Cool. That's, and then you, wait, then you wait until 14, 15, whatever. Like you still have a lot of capital yeah. this year. So regardless, I, I think you have options and I think that's what we're seeing. And I think that if the bears end up keeping fields and Eberflus, I think that even just makes your options even greater. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm now you got me looking at Tankathon here and then just seeing the possibilities. Uh, but it's like the whole Marvin Harrison Jr. thing for me, and I know we said we wouldn't talk about the future too much, but you kind of you kind of forced to because it's exciting. I mean, the fact that you could have the first overall pick or that you will have the first overall pick. I mean, you have the option and, of having your – like you might have your quarterback. You have your – And you might uh, be yeah. able to pair him or you're going to at least oh have – because you're going to have the number one overall pick. So you're going to have the opportunity to pair him and DJ Moore, who he already has a very good connection with. Obviously, you see the numbers with the stats unless you've been living under a rock. And you have the opportunity to add – a guy, Marvin Harrison Jr., if he doesn't go back, and I, I like that is on the table with NIL, probably not. He won't. But it's just you have the opportunity to add another dynamic playmaker there. Who a guy and a wide receiver who people have been, if you read certain articles, were saying like, yeah, if this wasn't such a quarterback dependent league, he'd probably be the number one overall pick. So you have the opportunity, and then another first rounder on defense, possibly. Yeah. So, and, and, and G Station Seven in the chat makes a great point, like. Could we do this again where he sure. says, I would love trading with the Patriots because I don't think they'll be good next year, even with a new quarterback. Could you actually get your, and I know the prospects next year are, are, are not as good as this year in Caleb Williams, sure. but you know, it's, you never know, right? right. Like you, sure. you, you just don't Somebody know. CJ Shaw got drafted after Bryce Young. Like yep. it's, it's so fluid. It's, it's, it's impossible to tell, but and, and like people like Joe Burr, if I had told you in 2018 right. that Joe Burrow would be the number overall pick, you would have called me a damn idiot. Yeah. So it just, you just never know what can happen. But he, I'm just saying, G Station makes a good point because you could now buy yourself insurance again, sure. and you don't want to plan on that. But if you trade it with the Patriots and they give you their 2025 first round pick, right. and Things go south with, or maybe don't go south, but you end like eight and nine again, or seven and ten. You're like, okay, not now. We need to make a change. Like he's not, he's just not going to take us there. Sure. Then you have the insurance again in 2025. I mean, it's it's a no brainer. Well, it's a no brainer. You look at how could the Patriots not give up their 2025 first round pick because they don't have a DJ more to give you. Yeah. You know they their roster. Like, do you really want what Juju Smith Schuster, Tyquan Thornton? 
Like who do you who would you even Matthew want? Matthew Judon, off, but he, like, he got hurt this year. Right. You know? It's just like I don't. There's nobody. There's nobody of that of that DJ Moore caliber that the Patriots could give you. And even still, like to because the Panthers moved up such a bigger jump that you know two to one is a less jump. But if the main part is draft picks, then they have to give you their first rounder in 2025. How could yeah. they not? Um, and you and the Bears know what they have. They have the leverage. So yeah, you'll definitely have options. I think it is exciting. Um, and the fact of the matter is to go back to the actual game, mm-hmm. you're seeing the progression. Like again, just to hammer that point home. Like I think it was Jaquan Brisker after the game was saying like, yeah, we made adjustments at halftime. Like we, we, and how many times have we been able to say that at Bears fans where you saw clear adjustments made at halftime to keep you in the game or win you the game. And so it's just different and it, it is progress and it's a stark contrast from what we saw a month or two ago. And so wait and see. You have winnable games. You you have super winnable games uh, the, the rest of the way. You can beat the Browns for sure. Uh, I'm shocked by how well they've played with you know the ghost of Joe Flacco, but part of that is that defense, and it's still scary, and they still have Miles Garrett, and they're still really good. Mm-hmm. So that's the test. That's the next test for Justin Fields, and we'll talk about it more on Wednesday. But, all right, great. You beat up on a, on a suspect Lions team who people have been calling frauds all year. You beat up on a Vikings team that's fighting for their playoff lives. Yes, I, I'm happy with Justin Fields' progression that he strung a bunch of good games together, uh, you know, with the injury obviously sandwiched in between that. But now you have a real test against Cleveland in horrible conditions who have a really good defense. It could be a rock fight. It could be a, a 14-7 to 7 game. But still, you just show us that you can win a game like that. Yeah, that's that's what it'll come down to. And if you want to, we'll do a full preview of this game, obviously, on Wednesday. But just a really interesting piece of news that came out. The Browns just actually put Joe Flacco back to the practice squad, which makes him eligible to sign with any other team's active roster. I doubt any team will actually sign him. But why are you putting him back to the practice squad after he just put up decent numbers and help you win versus the Colts and your other quarterbacks well, are and injured and you Stef- cut didn't PJ Stefanski Walker and announced that he was the yeah did he not say after the press conference he's the start of the rest of the year I'm pretty sure I saw Ian Rappaport tweet that so I, I'm almost positive weird thing to monitor it might just be like a roster management thing I have no idea what's it could going be that on they're there trying but to get him an actual contract yeah but sure the test is there for Justin Fields but if you want to just talk about the game as a whole I mean come on it's it are you are you afraid of Joe Flacco no 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 are especially the way the Bears defense? defense has played Come on, come on! You're afraid of that Cleveland defense, um, but they're not like they're 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 very good. They're very good, and you're gonna have to find a way to game plan against Miles Garrett. Something you didn't do three years ago when Justin Fields got killed against this exact same team in their house, uh, and it felt like it set Justin Fields back years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this would be like a redemption game for him to a certain extent. But if you go back to this game on Sunday, uh, let's talk about this because I think we actually need to have a discussion. And this is credit to you because you've been on this for a couple years now. How many tight ends in the NFL are better than Cole Komet? I actually Ooh. don't know how many tight ends in the NFL are better than Cole Komet. You can say active because Mark Andrews is injured. Sure. Um, so I'm going to look up the tight end yardage numbers right now. Uh, I don't. I don't know. So Travis Kelsey. Okay. So let's let's go down the list. So right now Cole Komet's ninth in the NFL in receiving yards by tight ends. So let's let's name the players above him. Evan Ingram better than Cole Komet? It's really close. Evan Ingram's been really good this year. Yeah. He's got I'm, 84 receptions. Wait, I'm going to say yeah. marginally. Marginally. Yeah, well, we, we could say that. And he, yeah. Jake Ferguson. I think he, after I think, last night, I he's, think better. he's better. He's, I think he's, he's better. Gonna, I think he's going to be a monster. 
I don't Taysom Hill is on here. This must be a fantasy website. Obviously, Cole Komet's better than him. I think Cole Komet's obviously better than Sam Laporta at this at this at this time. I think at this time, but I think Laporta has the higher ceiling. Sure, he's not better than Hawkinson. He's not better than Kittle. He's not better than Kelsey. Uh, Did I say Andrews? Yeah, but he's injured. Yeah, but he's injured. So he's better than Njoku. He's better than Schultz. He's better than McBride. He's better than Kyle Pitts. He's better than Hunter Henry, K-Dot, and Dalton Kincaid, Logan Thomas. I think he's still. I think he's better than Dallas Goddard right now. So if you put it this way, he is a top eight tight end in the NFL. Sure. Great. Great. Awesome. Significant. Worth the money you give him. Second round pick. Yeah. Congrats. 100%. 100%. I mean, and, and and it's just like the way he's become a safety blanket for Justin Fields, 100%. and just you know, hey, we're gonna, we're just, I'm just gonna, I don't care if you're covered. We know Justin Fields hasn't really been the best at throwing guys open or taking shots necessarily with guys who are covered, right? And that's why people think he holds the ball is he just waits for guys to get open, and if they're not open enough, he's just gonna hold on to it and try to flush the pocket. But with Cole Komet, he has this trust level with him now where I don't care if dudes draped all over you, I'm gonna put you in a spot where you can catch it and. Cole Komet has the ability to come down with that. I mean, he did that yesterday a couple of times where dude's all over him. He's just going to out-muscle him, out-tough him, right. and get a first down. I mean, he has been a chain mover, Cole Komet has, and he's been a significant piece to this offense. And I think when we talk about the abilities of this offense and as a whole and how good they can be, we don't really bring Cole Komet into the equation that often. We talk about sure. Justin Fields and we talk about DJ Moore, but to have a top-eight tight end in the NFL, that's a significant thing to recognize. And I think his game-to-game ceiling could still be higher. Too. Like, I mean, we've seen Cole Komet have explosive days with multiple touchdowns and mm-hmm. be awesome. Like, I think, like, yesterday's stat line what was it's five catches for 60 some yards, five catches for 66 yards. That's the baseline to me for Cole Komet. Like, that's the floor. I think there's another gear he could hit 100%. I think there's definitely space there for him to move up a couple rungs on that tight end ladder. So, 100%. And you just keep adding those playmakers and let Justin Fields do his thing. I mean, the Justin Fields, the run uh, on whatever, second down, first down uh, near their own end zone. When he just scrambled. It was classic Justin Fields. Had nothing down the field, so he just scrambled away and moved the chains. Like, he can still do it, but when he's not counted on when he's not being counted on to do that every single play, it makes it when it happens even more special to me mm-hmm. because then it just shows that you are giving him some other options at least. And that's progression. That's what we talked about. That's a team getting better. I wouldn't say you said it early in the episode. You said the Bears are a good football team. I wouldn't say that they're good. They're closer to average than they are to bad, though. So you don't think they're even average? I I think they're like I, they're about clo- average. Say, say they're closer they're to good like than they are to bad. Average. They're closer to good than they are to bad. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think they're good, but for you, we can give you that. That that's that's sure. that's so. I mean, for you to say that, yeah. I mean, that's my Super Bowl. Well. They've played well. like they played well yesterday. Yeah. The defense was great yesterday, and I mean, part of that is weather and Jared Goff outside and bad weather. Like that's you know we we all know about that. But even <laughs> before that, like the defense has gotten better week over week, yeah. and Montez Sweat has a bunch to that. Look what happens when you put pressure on the quarterback. Wow, what a concept! But I think overall that. This team is definitely getting better, and so we'll see what happens. Again, you could completely collapse over the last four weeks, and you could completely screw it up. Sure, it's possible. But if this continues to trend in the direction that's been going the last couple of weeks, you're going to end like 9-8 and eight or 8-9, eight and, and I think overall that's a successful season. And and to go back to what we're talking about with like the next five games and the evaluation period of Justin Fields and everything, isn't it amazing? And we've talked about this for years and ever since we started this podcast and people never seem to understand it. Winning fixes everything. 
if you take Justin Fields' exact stats from the past two games and change one thing and change that 2-0 and to 0-2, you're not even talking about him being here next year. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, oh, is it May or is Everybody's it Williams? Gone. Is it Daniels, right? Yeah, oh, it, you're not even gone. talking about it. Winning fixes everything. It it, it, it it makes you be less critical, and it causes you to scrutinize less. Like, if the Bears lost this game, Jake, your whole Twitter feed would be, ah, Fields missed Mooney up the seam here. Yep. Field, Fields missed Moore on the sideline. He shouldn't have flushed here. Ah, why'd he take this sack, right? You just you, you people cause themselves to be more critical when they lose, but when they win and everything's jolly, you don't even pay attention to those things. It's like right. uh, there, there was I think it was a play in the end zone, like the jump ball to DJ Moore, like Darna Mooney was open in the flat, and I was like, oh, I should have thrown it to Darna Mooney, right. and sh- yeah, maybe in the moment, sure, but since the game has ended, oh, you, you haven't seen that at all right. because you they won. won the game. It's moot. It doesn't matter. And like if you look at Patrick Mahomes' tape. Uh, you can find those things throughout his entire career in every single game. But guess what? He wins, so people don't care. Like, winning fixes everything. And the fact that the Bears are winning now, is just, it's great timing for Justin Fields. It's great timing for his resume because in this evaluation period, it just causes people to look more brightly at his performances and not, you know, be more scrutin uh, or not be more critical and, and have more scrutiny towards towards the way he's played. So uh winning fixes everything. And I, I think it fixes everything in a locker room. Sure. The way the Bears have recovered from everything that's happened to this team, I mean the number of episodes we had on this podcast about, you know, you know, tear down Hallis Hall and 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 uh, get you know <laughs> yeah, get your pitchforks and everything and and we've been so critical of Matt Eberflus and and I'm not going to necessarily roll that back because he was deserving of some of the criticism that we we spoke on 100%. earlier in the year 100. Yeah. percent But he does deserve credit for the way that he's rallied the troops through the 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 hell of a season that this has been. I mean. Coaches getting fired and fractures in the locker room. I mean, these are really, really, really hard things to recover from. Um, but the fact that they and and you know we have to give credit to Tyson Bagent to a certain sure. extent as well because the fact that they won those games with him in there saved their season. Hundred percent. I mean, Tyson Bagent coming Honestly, in and winning games for them saved their season. I had that thought last night. Like, if anything, this proves even more that Tyson Bagent has has a place in the NFL. Yeah. Like, if anything, like what has happened proves that even more. Like hundred percent more, right? And and do I think the Bears could have been three and one over that stretch with Justin sure. Fields? I think they could have been. Obviously, they would have been better with Justin Fields over that stretch. You could have beat the Chargers. Yeah, you you could have beat the Chargers and you could have beat the Saints. But uh, right, yeah, 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 the yep. Saints. Sorry, mm-hmm. but in a lot of situations, when teams have a backup quarterback, especially an undrafted rookie D two for four straight games, they go zero and four, one and three. So sure. the fact that they were able to and they played some easy opponents, they got wins against really bad teams, the Raiders and the Panthers. But you know, it's hard Still to win counts. in the NFL. You pulled it off, and those two wins are the reason that you're even in a position now to be five and eight and talk about you know the future of this team right now. So again, credit to them and credit to just the coaching staff and the entire team to rally the troops and bring them together. So and I people are. Already in the chat, like I'm, I'm, I'm not. Again, you know my stance on Taysom Bajan. I'm not, I'm not <laughs> talking about him being a starting quarterback in the NFL. I'm saying he deserves 100 percent credit for. It's hard to win games for, in the NFL for for manning the ship for a couple yeah. games and, and, and getting to them to this point. Um, Agree. And I think that's an unfortunate thing too. Is I think you'll look back at the season if they barely missed the playoffs and think, man, if Fields was healthy, they they, they might get sure. in. Um, I mean, the Broncos game and the first Lions game still count, though, too. And they do, was, they, they, they do still count. They still count. Uh, but I think they win that Minnesota game if he doesn't go out, potentially. Uh, they're playing bad that game anyway, though. It's, yeah, it's, it's it really hard to say start. that. Um, 
like, and let, let's do this too. Oh, we got a couple, couple more things here, then we'll head out of here. Uh, first of all, if you want to give the Coach of the Year award to anybody, give it to Phil fucking Snow. I mean, Phil Snow comes in. As a defensive assistant for the Chicago Bears after uh, Alan Williams was fired and the Bears were a mess because Eberflus was calling plays, and they've been unreal. Who is Phil Snow? Who is this guy? This guy's incredible. It's the first time I've heard that name in my life. Yeah, because it kind of flew under the radar. I had no idea who that guy was. Sign Phil Snow. To a ten-year, five hundred million dollars, give him a bigger contract than Otani. I mean, what <laughs> what Phil Snow has done with the Bears is deserving of any any accolade that you could even imagine. Uh, so that that's thing number one. I, I have three things for you. Thing number two, we'll do this real quick. How close are the Bears? Like, if you talk about the future, are they closer than we think? They've just beat a top team in the NFC. They're not in the, they're obviously not in the class of the Eagles. Well, they're not ready yeah, to play with the big kind boys of think yet. The lines are frauds. Right. They're not ready to play with the big boys yet. But are they will you convince yourself if the Bears end eight and nine or nine and eight, whatever it may be, as long as things don't go disastrous the next four games and they do the right things in the offseason, can you convince yourself that they can be a, a top three team in the NFC next year? A top four team. I think next year the Bears could be Last year's Jaguars. Okay. Yeah. Like, potential playoff team, disappointing exit, makes up for makes for a bigger buildup for the following year. Or even if you want to say, like, last year's Seahawks. Like, I, th- I think they're, like, I don't think they're going to be, like, class of the league or the division or whatever, but I think they're going to be, like, that Seahawks team that can win the division, can have a lot of potential, Gets hot down the stretch, disappointing exit in the playoffs, favored for the division following year. How about this? Last year's Eagles. And I'm not saying they make the Super Bowl, but when you look at the 2021 Eagles, with a lot of the same conversations about the Bears, or, 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 or a lot of the same conversations as That's the Bears. That's a big jump. To it's, make. it's a big jump, but you had Jalen Hurts, who was, you know, is, is he the guy? Let, right. you know, we, don't, we don't really know. Should they draft a quarterback? They went 9 and 8 in 2021. In 2022, obviously 14-3 made it to the Super Bowl. And they hired a new coach. Or no, sorry, sorry. Nine and eight was the first year with Nick Sirianni. Right. And the second year with Sirianni was 14-3. And now they've obviously started to regress, I guess, this year, and they're not playing well. But just that sort of jump, it's crazy to say that, but it's a good case study as all right, in that same win range in 2021. I would have to see what happens with this draft and what you do with free agency. Yeah. Like that that's a hard question to answer right now. Yeah. But it, I think it is. I think that they're closer than they were a month ago. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean to think that literally a month ago I think I, I, Daniel Jeremiah must hate the Bears because a month ago he was saying, oh, the Bears are 10 players away from being 10 players away. Shut the hell up. What are nah. you talking about? I, I thought that was foolish when he said it. What do you mean the Bears are 10 players away from being? They have good players on the roster. Their, their roster could objectively be better than the Lions roster. Like, I am 100% serious about that. At this moment, with the injuries that the Lions have sustained as well, the Bears probably have a better roster. I, 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 would, I would feel totally comfortable saying that. Totally comfortable. The, the Lions have a better running back. That's all they have. And I think DJ Moore is better than Amon Ross St. Brown at this moment. But they have Jameer Gibbs and Dave Montgomery. Sure, congrats. Yeah, but what else? And a better O line. We'll give him that. But anyway, uh, last thing here. So back down in Jeremiah said this as well. He he was talking about Justin Fields on NFL Network. He said you have to use the confetti test, which I thought was an interesting thing. He said you have to ask yourself if you can see your starting quarterback hoist a Lombardi with confetti falling around him. And that that's what you have to go that that's the process you have to go through in your head to discover and to realize if this is actually the guy for your franchise. And for me, it's easy 
because You've seen I that. watched him in college. Yeah. I've seen it. There's a picture like ingrained in my brain of him with a backwards cap yep. on after beating Clemson with literally confetti falling next yeah. to him <laughs> after throwing six touchdowns with a broken rib. Like that like I've seen it. But to you know, obviously that's college. There's been plenty Different, of players yeah. who have had confetti fall around them with college and haven't in the NFL. But I can see it. I can see with just like I can see it with Justin Fields in the NFL, the way he carries himself, the way he responds to adversity, and just to bounce back from everything that he's faced this year, I think is something that only 10 to 50% of quarterbacks in the NFL could do. I mean, in this city, and obviously all the noise, and to be able to just keep his head straight, put the blinders on, and, and play well through all of it, through injury and everything, like, I can see it, and obviously my stance on Justin Fields is known, and, and obviously I would see it, but... If I try to be as objective as possible and think about everything and really evaluate it, I can see it. Can you? I think part of I like I say yes, but I think also part of that is like I've seen it. Like it's like I have a predisposition. Like I've seen that image, albeit in a different setting, in in front of my eyeballs before. So like it's already in there. Um, But yeah, I mean the talent is there. That's not. And I think like that question isn't meant for us. You know, as fans, like obviously you're gonna say, oh yeah, of course I can picture this. Um, but that being said, like, yeah, I mean, how can you not, if you watch Justin Fields in college, how can you say that that's not something that you can see? Um, which I think is fair. Um, but well, there's still a lot of work to do. There's still a lot that has to be done on this roster. You still need two offensive linemen. Probably you still need, uh, then this is lower down the totem pole. I, I think you need an upgrade at running back as well. Deontay Foreman's on a one-year contract. I don't think Khalil Herbert is it for some reason, they're not giving rush on Johnson chances. So Justin Fields can't keep leading this team in rushing, uh, which part of that is the offensive line. And you need to add a couple guys there. You need to add another edge. You got to figure out what you're going to do with Jalen Johnson. But I mean, it's possible that we're sitting here, you know, f- five months from now, four months from now. And you're saying like, well, wow, look at all these upgrades that have been made and you're looking at, okay, how, what's the path of division? It's not out of the question. It's totally, totally reasonable. Last thing, last thing, uh, tr- truly last thing. Okay. Week 17. Okay. Bears Packers. Yep. At Lambeau. The time for that game is currently TBD. The I'm, NFL I'm, wants to flex it oh, so they will bad, flex don't that they? fucking game in a Sunday Night Football if they can. They will flex. Even if the Bears can't get in the playoffs but can play spoiler, well, they'll, they'll, this is what they did, they did last, last year. last year, yep. That game's going to be on Sunday Night Football. Book it. Mark it. Which is probably terrible for us. Like, I don't I don't know if I want, like, the I don't know if I need another Sunday Night Football season. game against the Packers. And well, imagine, oh, if, imagine if it is a win and in. Then you're waiting all day Sunday for that last week of the oh, season. Oh, I'm going to throw up. Yeah, I do not want to be around up. you at all during that. I'd throw up. Please stay far away from me during When's that. When's the last time the Bears had a win in, in against the Packers? Was that Chris Connie? Was that the last time? Was it? Was that Chris Con- I cried that day. Chris Connie? <laughs> I think that was. I think it also ha- let's have this be like. How about Mark Tressman being weird on Twitter? Over yeah, the I weekend. went seven and one and <laughs> what? I I had to double check that that was him. And not, was it and, actually him? I think it is. I think so. I have no reason to believe. It. But not once, but twice. And, somebody <laughs> being like, "Hey man, no, you weren't." And he'd be like, "Oh, ah, my my bad. It was actually this." And somebody again be like, "No nope. man, that's not what it is. wild." Wow. He deleted it. Yeah, I mean, he, how, how could he not? He just. Uh, <laughs> Wild, what a weird, what a how, weird. Do you, how do I remember the Mark Tressman era better than you, Mark Tressman? Literally you. Dark time of Bears history. <laughs> All right. This has been Bears Nation Podcast on a victory Monday. For once, it's good to say happy to be here, happy to recap a win. And, you know, talk about a path of the playoffs. Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll be back on Wednesday. We'll discuss the Browns 
upcoming game against the Bears. We'll talk about injuries, we'll talk about what the situation with Joe Flacco is. I assume he's still going to be the starter because Kevin Stefanski said it. But we'll break it down. We'll be here, and uh, we'll we'll talk about it with all of you guys, and we'll look ahead to the future and give a season-long outlook as well because we always do that, and how can you not at this point in the season? So join us for that Wednesday. We will be back myself, Kevin, to talk about the Bears' upcoming tilt against the Browns. But for myself, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast, and until then, bear down.